0: Welcome to the Orange Sox podcast, where we are inspiring life despite a diagnosis. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Nebucher. I spoke with Jennifer and James previously on the podcast about their experience adopting children with developmental disabilities. If you haven't listened to that podcast, you can find it by going to the Orange Sox website and on the pull-down menu, selecting Adoption, then International Adoption. I wanted to learn more about their international adoption experience. In addition to their four biological children, Jennifer and James have adopted six of their 10 children. Four have disabilities. Orange Socks aims to help children with disabilities from different countries find loving homes. International adoption of children with disabilities is an option that many parents haven't considered.
1: We have a daughter from Kazakhstan. We have two sons and a daughter from China, and then two sons from the Democratic Republic of Congo. Our daughter from Kazakhstan came home with Rye Syndrome, and so she had some health problems, some liver problems, and then some cognitive disabilities. We have three children from China with Down Syndrome.
0: Jennifer and James explained why they chose to do international adoption of children with disabilities.
1: At that point, we had five children because we had four biological children. We had our daughter from Kazakhstan. And at this point, we had learned that every child, every child has their challenges, they have their trials, they have their talents, they have their own passions. Lauren had cognitive disabilities and we had seen the growth that she had experienced in our home and in our family and the joy that she brought to us. And we felt like our child or our children were going to have special needs at that point.
2: The interesting thing with each one of our children has just been that circumstances will happen and we're placed in a situation where we see them and we know they're our child and just like any other parent who their child was someplace and they couldn't be with them they would do everything that they could to get them home and so each one of our children we've been able to identify as being our child we didn't <laughs> ever anticipate. We were going to have 10 children, it's just that they're ours. The blessing they've been in our life has been enormous, and we just needed them home. Whether it's truth or a misconception, when people have certain disabilities, other abilities become stronger. So maybe if you're blind, maybe your sense of hearing becomes stronger, or your, your sense of touch or something like that. With each one of our children with special needs, those special needs have also been paired with special abilities. And I think that many times people don't realize that when they get scared of the idea of a child who has certain special needs, they're looking and saying there's just something missing. And they don't recognize there's something that always comes that's more. Trisomy 21, for example, they have an ability to love that is just unmatched. It's unparalleled. And the light and joy that they bring us is immense, and this is true with each one of our children. They have their own unique traits and their own unique abilities. With those things that the world would call special needs, they come as a total package, and with those special needs have come special abilities, not just lip service, truly special abilities that have blessed our lives more than I can begin to say.
0: The process of adopting children with disabilities internationally varies depending on the country and adoption agency.
1: Each one was a little bit different. Lauren was 17 years ago. Her adoption took place long before internet sites were available that listed children that were looking for their forever families. With her adoption, you actually completed the adoption before you went over to the country and then walked through the orphanage and identified your child at that point in time and stayed with them in the orphanage for two weeks before you went to court. With our other children, it has been a matter of feeling like it was time. Our child was waiting for us and we used internet sites where we put in kind of the demographics of what we thought who our child would be. It matched us with literally hundreds of children and we would look at the pictures and we loved all the children. You could instantly see how precious each child was, but when we saw our child, it was an instant recognition oh, I know, I know you, you're mine. (laughs) That happened with all of the remaining five adoptions. As soon as we saw their pictures, we knew they were ours.
0: Adopting children from other countries is tough and many people are concerned about the difficult process and the costs associated with international adoptions.
2: This is where she's thinking, you don't know how tough it was. So Jen actually did the majority of the work, and it was like a full-time job for her. It is expensive, it's a financial challenge, but what was interesting is with each one of our children as we went to bring them home, one opportunity or the next presented itself with Jacob, for example. We were thinking, okay, we don't know financially how we can do this because it's tens of thousands of dollars, typically then Jen, from out of nowhere, all of a sudden thought, wait a second, what about a 401k loan? And that was the way that we were able to do that. In terms of time and process, there's a lot to do it. Stacks and stacks of paperwork. Jen made that her job during those times.
1: When we used competent agencies, they made the process much easier. Different countries had different processes that would either make it more difficult or easier. For instance, China, with a special needs adoption, start to finish, your children are home usually nine to 11 months total from the time you start until the time they're home. The process is very set. The agencies have to meet very certain requirements and criteria, so it's a very smooth process. We did have a complication with Jacob who had a stroke just literally two days before we were supposed to go get him. And so that complicated the process. With the others, there were complications even with the US paperwork. But generally, the agency for most of the adoptions were very competent, very knowledgeable, and helped the process go very smoothly. As far as cost, I would like to say something about that because that is something that I hear a lot from people who are wanting to adopt but they hear the amount that it will cost in order to bring a child to their family, and it seems so overwhelming to them that they think that's outrageous, I can't afford that, they can't see where those costs are going. Our homesteady social worker was actually talking to us about this recently at a post-placement visit, and she said people will go and spend that exact same amount on a car without even blinking. But to spend that for the paperwork and the professionals and the agencies to bring a child to your family seems outrageous to them. And when you compare a car with a child, you know, it's... When we were in China bringing home our daughter, we were there with a family who had a large family and we were talking about the finances. He said, I have never yet met a single family. And he knows many, many, as we all do once you get into adoption that has had to stop an adoption because they couldn't afford it. Little miracles, tender mercies, friends, something happens to where you are able to bring your child home and reach those financial goals that you never thought you would be able to.
0: Jennifer and James weren't looking specifically to adopt international children with disabilities, but as they went through the process of finding their child, they realized the children meant for them Each had special and unique abilities.
2: We knew that our child was there, and then once we came to know who our child was, we found out what their unique abilities and disabilities were. Michael was different. When we went to go bring Jacob home, we went to go visit the orphanage to bring him home. Jacob had trisomy 21, and when we were there, they introduced us to a young boy who they said had been like a brother to him and taken care of him and had sheltered and protected him in the orphanage. And that was our son, Michael, who also has trisomy 21. When we got home, we knew that they were brothers. They needed to be together. They weren't biological brothers, but they were brothers and that he was our son. And so then we started the process of bringing him home. So he found us, but the other ones, in finding our child, we would find out what their unique traits were. And for several of them, they had what the world would consider to be unique or special abilities.
1: Lauren came home and that's when we discovered that she had cognitive disabilities. We were not aware of that before. With Jacob we started getting that feeling that it was time to add to our family. It was time to adopt and I went on to an internet site. We put in kind of our family profile who we thought maybe our child would be and the pictures came up and I saw Jacob and he had Down syndrome. But I knew immediately I'm like Oh, he has Down syndrome. I didn't know (laughs) he was going to have that, but I knew that he was our child. And after we identified him, then they gave us the paperwork. We had to fill out what disabilities we felt like we could accept. I made sure to mark (laughs) that we would accept a child with Trisomy 21, Down syndrome, because I knew he had it. (laughs) I knew he was ours.
0: Part of their experience included the death of one of their children due to a complication associated with his disability.
1: Jacob, about two days before we went over to China to bring him home, our bags were literally by the front door. We were ready to go. We got a call from our agency saying that there had been an episode and that Jacob was unconscious and that we were not allowed to come. And the next day we received another call saying that he was now awake. He was paralyzed on the left side, and they didn't know what the prognosis was. They didn't really even know what had happened. They said they thought it was a seizure. Then we hit Chinese New Year, and we went two weeks without hearing anything. And it was unbelievably difficult, not knowing what condition he was in. After Chinese New Year, we got the call that we could go get him. He had regained use of his leg. His left arm still was very, very weak, and he couldn't use it very well. Never was able to after that point. We brought him home. I got him in immediately to the doctor for an MRI, and he was still asleep from the MRI. I was holding him, and I got a phone call in the recovery room from my pediatrician saying that the radiologist had contacted him immediately and said, you need to get him up to the neurosurgeon. He has moyamoya, Moya, which is common in Asians and common in those with Down syndrome, which he was both. It's a malformation of the brain vessels and it does cause stroke and they needed to do a brain revascularization surgery immediately and they did it on the right side and we monitored and did mri follow-ups on that for several years the last mri that he had we were told that he would need brain revascularization surgery on that side but that it looks stable for the time being They wanted to wait until his veins were bigger and he was a little bit older since it is a risky surgery. A few months after that MRI, he had a massive stroke and he was in intensive care for three days. They did a craniectomy and several other interventions and he passed away.
0: When I mentioned to Jennifer and James that they were a blessing in Jacob's life because he found his forever family and he didn't have to pass away in an orphanage, Jennifer said.
1: Oh, he was our blessing. You know, that was by far the most difficult thing I have ever done, was to hold my son as he took his last breath. But having not been able to be there when he took his first, I was grateful that I was able to be there with him and that he knew his mom and dad were there and that he was not alone and that he would be forever treasured and forever missed.
0: James has some advice for those considering adoption.
2: If they were thinking about adopting, I would tell them to find their child. <laughs> if that's one of those things that's sitting there scratching and you're thinking that's there, it's probably an opportunity for you to find a source of joy that you haven't yet recognized. And Every one of our children ratchets up the level of happiness of our entire family, brothers and sisters combined along certainly with us. Every person has their own unique set of traits and abilities and special needs. Your child will have those wherever or however they come into the world. If you're thinking about adopting, search your soul a little bit, but if it's there, then it may be something
0: that is telling you to go find your child. Jennifer's insight on parenting special needs children is important if you're considering adoption.
1: I said it before, and I will go to my grave saying it, <laughs> that I believe that every child has a forever family, whether that's their biological family or whether that is their adoptive family. And I just wish I could let everyone know how amazing it is to bring these children into your home, to love them, to help them grow, to help them become who they're supposed to be. As far as the children with special needs, they have life figured out. They understand what's most important. They understand the importance of happiness. They understand the importance of love. That's just something that comes with them. It is sometimes easier for me to raise my children with special needs than it is to raise my children without because my sole goal is to make sure they're happy. I don't have that constant pressure and nagging to make sure that they're getting the best grades that they can possibly get, to make sure they're getting into the best colleges that they can get into, and reaching those milestones, those goals. With my children with special needs, I can just love them and receive their love back. That pressure is gone. In our situation, that's been a good thing for me. To be able to focus on who they are not necessarily who i have to make them become
0: thanks for listening to this episode orange socks is an initiative of rise incorporated a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting and advocating for people with disabilities Follow Orange Socks on Facebook and Instagram and visit our website, orangesocks.org, for more stories and to find national and local resources to help parents of children with disabilities.